Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Operation Sequel. Today it's Final Fantasy 13. Final Fantasy 13 was published and developed by Square Enix. The director was Motomo Toriyama. The artist, and man this guy's name just kills my tongue, Isamu Kamakuro. The writers were Daisuke Watanabe and Motomo Toriyama again. The composer was Masashi Hamauzu. It was released on the PlayStation 3 in Japan December of 2009. And then it got a worldwide release on both the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 on March of 2010. The Microsoft Windows port and iOS Android point came out in 2014 and 2015 respectively. Final Fantasy 13, right? It doesn't get a lot of love. Especially, uh, I did look it up and you know on some message boards and stuff, and there are people that like it. There are people that defend it, but for the most part, people just bash the crap out of this thing. And it's weird too because it got a fairly good critical reception. I mean, not that that matters too awful much, but it's kind of odd to see that dichotomy going on. There is a lot to talk about here, so let's crack right into it. We'll be reading the kind of story bit from the manual today. Cocoon, a utopia in the sky. Its inhabitants believe their world a paradise. Under Sanctum's rule, Cocoon had long known peace and prosperity. Mankind was blessed by its protectors, the benevolent Falci. They believed that the tranquil days would continue forever. Their tranquility was shattered with the discovery of one hostile Falci. The moment that Falci from Pulse, the feared and detested lower world, awoke from its slumber, peace on Cocoon came to an end. Falci curse humans, turning them into magic-wielding servants. They become Lassie, chosen of the Falci. Those branded with the mark of Lassie carry the burden of either fulfilling their focus or facing a fate harsher than death itself. A prayer for redemption, a wish to protect the world, a promise to challenge destiny. After 13 days of fates intertwined, the battle begins. Final Fantasy 13. So starting even with that little prologue bit, there are a lot of made up words in this game. And it will take you a second to get straight what's a Falci, what Cocoon is, what Pulse is, what Grand Pulse is, what, you know, all these different things are. And it's kind of nice because it starts you right in the middle of things. I mean, you start with lightning on the train and then it's just bam, right into the whole adventure. Speaking of lightning on the train, I'm a man who enjoys good cutscenes always have it's maybe it's just from the era i grew up and we didn't have that so every time one pops up it's whoa this is cool the cutscenes in this are fantastic i mean even to the point where you might want to youtube things because it is incredibly good on the downside all right so i normally don't go into downsides this fast but there is it is a talking point right i i googled it really quick because it did stick out to me and if Google is to be believed, there are nine hours of cutscenes in this. Now that's nine hours out of, I spent 43, and that's not me doing a lot of side stuff. That was pretty much just a linear run through. That's a lot of cutscenes. I mean, to the point where the one game that gets made fun of for all of its cutscenes, Metal Gear Solid 4, that's only like 10 hours cutscene. Granted, that's in a shorter game, but yeah, if you interested in playing this that is something to be aware of there will be a lot of times where you're just watching cutscenes personally that does not bother me at all because these cutscenes are pretty cool and i'm okay with you know taking 
10 minutes out of every hour or so to just sit and watch the story develop. Compared to 12, the story does take a major, major step forward in terms of what you'll be doing to the point where you will get into a cutscene, you'll finish the cutscene, you'll run forward a bit to a little bit in the next area, and bam, there'll be a cutscene again. Again, I don't mind. I'm not going to keep bringing this up, but it is something to be aware of going into it. And I have a little bit of a problem with this game. Not, not the thing I just said I don't have a problem with. There is a lot of new stuff here, and there's something I want to say towards the end. So you can't remind me if I forget it, but I'll try my best not to forget it. But everything from the battle system to the way the map works to all these different stuff, they added a lot of new things for this. This really is an innovation over 12. Granted, it doesn't, you know, ditch everything that makes Final Fantasy Final Fantasy, but the difference between 12 and 13 is, is huge. So some of the things that 13 does that are new. Uh, number one is it's very linear, like Final Fantasy X linear. As in, you're not going to be going off on a side path for a very, very long time. Hold on a second. I have it written down when you get to, like, do open world stuff. Uh, it was about 21 hours in that I got to Grand Pulse, and that's where the world kind of opens up. But it opens up in a very Japanese way. It doesn't open up into, like, you know, an open world where you can do side quests and stuff. It opens up into, you can go on hunts, you can do missions, it's kind of opens up into Final Fantasy 12 for a little bit and then it funnels back down into a very narrow path. Granted, there is a lot to do in that open part of it. You're going to be in for a long trek until you get there. So, the battle system, right? Final Fantasy 13's battle system is something that I don't like. And it's a minor niggle that I have with the Persona series too, actually. I believe it's Persona that does this. So you have a group of three people. You only control one. Now, that's not what's like Persona. What's like Persona is when your lead character, the character you're controlling, dies, then it's it's a wipe. It doesn't matter if the other two people are at 10 out of 10 health. It's just once your guy dies, that's it. It's done. And it's not something you can switch around for most of the game. It's really not until, like... 18 hours in that you can start switching around your party you're dealing very much with the party configurations they give you but yes i don't like that just because this one character died and this will be a major part at, towards the end that you fail granted when you do fail it is not that big a deal for the most part because you can just hit retry and what it does is it puts you back on the world map right before that battle that you died in. So trial and error actually takes a very big part of Final Fantasy because of the other thing that's new. I guess I'll go right into it. 13 uses something called the chain gauge. And what this is, is every time you do damage to an enemy, their chain gauge goes up. Now, every enemy has a certain break point. Your gauge starts at 100. Now, their break point might be 70, 175. That might be 220. Some of the bosses will be up to like 400. And what this does is you have to kind of finagle the classes around to make that gauge hit that break point so that now you can either launch him and stop them from attacking. But most times it's because you can do a boatload of damage. So... When it's at 100%, your attacks do exactly that. They do 100% of their damage. The higher the gauge goes, the more damage you do. 
and that's not taking into account weaknesses. Every monster, for the most part, has weaknesses, you know, whether it be fire or lightning or physical or earth. So what you want to do is you will have commandos, which think of them as they are the straight up melee attackers. And what their job is, is to complement pretty much the ravagers. Ravagers can raise the chain gauge very fast with spells. The problem being ravagers by themselves, the chain gauge goes down incredibly fast. So think of it as they might raise it 10%, but it will go back down to 100% within two seconds. So it's very hard to keep the gauge high when you know it's dropping that fast. That's where commandos come in. Commandos, uh, they can slow the draining of the bar down. So you have a commando hit it once or twice and then ravagers hit it, and there will be enough time between each volley to where the chain gauge does not completely empty out between each round. Ancillary to them is you have things like sentinels. And Sentinels are your MMO tanks. They taunt everything and then they turtle up. They're very situational in this. It's not like you can constantly have a Sentinel in your party and expect to do good damage and get things done fast. Also, we have Saboteurs. Saboteurs are your debuffers. You know, they'll hit you with uh, the D-Protect, the D-Shell, and they can just help you open up something a lot faster, especially when it doesn't have a weakness. If, say, it's immune or it's resistant to pretty much every form of damage, then saboteurs are the way to go, and they really open things up fast. And then, of course, you have your medics, and they are just healers. That's really all that's special about them. Healing in this is weird because most times your party members will be your ancillary classes because it's not a lot of fun to play a medic, per se. The algorithm that they work with is very weird. They, If you are missing... 400 health they will do cure which heals 300 health and then it'll stop it really doesn't cast a heal spell unless you're below a certain point so it's very very efficient with the healing but that's not always a good thing because there's no mp all it takes is active time battle charges so there's really no need to be efficient it could overheal a little bit and it'd be fine but the AI does not like to do that. So that's why it can be really tricky sometimes relying on healers because you may, you know, take a hit that's just a little bit more than your health will heal back in a single cure. So you take that hit again and now you're, you know, you're lower and the AI will only heal you up to that point. They don't just top you off. That was a very complicated way of saying the AI heals very weird. So keep an eye on it. And last, we have synergists. And synergists do nothing in this game except buff. So they will never, ever take a shot, ever. Just buff you. Now, the buffs are an incredibly important part of this game. But they're something you'll want to have in for very small bits of time. You don't want somebody to stay a synergist. Because once they've laid the buffs in, they're, they're useless. They're just standing there. So generally, you know, you'll play one or two rounds as a synergist. Not you, per se. You could be an AI partner. And then you'll switch them over to something that actually does damage, like a Ravager or a Commando. So, all of this is not very complicated, right? Because, you know, different classes, we're used to that. Where this game really, really has meat to it is in Paradigm Shifting. I don't like Paradigm Shifting. It's just something I don't like. But, if you go in and you really want to dig into this combat system, it might be one of the deepest combat systems besides 12. Before you go into a battle, you set up what are called Paradigms. 
and let's say you have lightning, Zazz, and snow. What a paradigm is, is you have six different slots, I believe. I believe it's six. And you set predefined party configurations for them to use. So let's say you start as, you know, lightning as a commando, snow as a sentinel, and then Zaz as a ravager. So that'll take up one slot. You can then go in and say, hmm, okay, no, I want lightning as a ravager, snow as a commando, and Zaz as a synergist. And that's the second one on your list. Now, if you fill that all the way up with all the different permutations of that group that you can, you can switch to those at any given time within the battle. And that's where a lot of the difficulty of Final Fantasy 13 comes from, is being able to manage and foresee paradigm shifts that you're going to need. Like what paradigm shift will open up this boss the quickest? Which one will, you know, let us turtle up? Because just going Sentinel, Sentinel, Medic, sometimes isn't enough because well you need to be doing damage because you need to hit that break point or the boss will just war of attrition you down so a lot of the meat and the mechanics and all of the that nice sink your teeth into stuff that this game has mostly revolves around the paradigms because it's not going to revolve too much about your stats because being honest leveling up isn't as important as managing your paradigms in this game Leveling up is done through the Crystarium, and the Crystarium is basically, think of a very linear sphere grid. There are some parts that shoot off every now and again to do optional things, but this is where you get your, you know, plus 10 HP or plus 12 strength or, you know, all your stat gains come from this Crystarium. And in the Crystarium, you use CP points, which you get from each battle. I'm sorry I'm explaining so much out front. It's just kind of this game. Another thing I don't like about this game, again, it's not bad, I just don't like it, is every battle from the weakest of random guys to the end boss, well, the second to the end boss, because the end boss really doesn't matter too much, you are tested on how fast you can get this done. What the game does is it takes your stats right now and says, okay, this with your stats is your target time. So it, you know, you're fighting a single monster. It'll be like, all right, this battle should last 40 seconds. That's your par time. If you can get it done faster than the par time, you get rewards. They could be drops. What the star, you, there's one to five stars. And what the stars do is they up the chance for getting rare drops. So it's kind of important that you want to be under that par time all the time. Problem being is that gets fatiguing really fast to me. Because I'm not somebody that's always get the thing dead as fast as possible. I tend to play RPGs very defensively. And so this really was outside of my wheelhouse. And it took a little while for me to get used to, okay, don't worry so much about staying alive. Kill the thing. So I couldn't do my standard RPG thing of, you know, buff yourself to, to hell and back. And then slowly but surely whittle down the boss while not exposing yourself to any risk. Because that's my tablet. Hold on a second. Because some of these bosses, and especially the Eidolon fights, or Eidolon. They say Eidolon. Sounds weird to me. I say Eidolon. Some of these fights have a doom counter on them. To where if you don't get this boss done before that doom counter, you gotta do it again. Because remember, if your lead character goes down, that's it. The party's down. So this was very hard for me to get grips with and completely change my natural tendencies in a Final Fantasy game. So again, I can't say it's bad. I just don't like it. 
So, with all of these concepts, and that's not everything you need to know about Final Fantasy XIII, but that's the good brunt of it. With all of these concepts going at once, this is an incredibly fast-paced game. So yeah, the, that 40 seconds, that's a pretty good estimate of how long that battle will take. Some battles, you know, you, you might spend three minutes, four minutes on random boss, not bosses, I'm sorry, on random mobs where it slows down is the bosses i mean some of these bosses again this might just be due to me being a defensive kind of person i was almost 15 minutes on some of these bosses and it was ridiculous on how long it takes because you will be fatigued after a while i mean it started to feel like an mmo boss but i do think that was because i tend to be more defensive all right with all of that out of the way those are like the main systems of this game. I'm not going to focus too awful much on the story or the characters of this because that's not what I think the most interesting thing about this game is. But let's let's give them a quick run through. So the story is actually pretty good. Judging by, you know, video game and Final Fantasy standards, it's actually not a bad story at all. There are some weird bits every now and again, like Lightning does this weird 180 personality flip, you know, a little bit into it. But other than that... That's not bad, and these characters actually aren't bad characters. They're actually pretty good characters. And I said actually a whole bunch. I should stop that. So let's start with Lightning. Lightning at first is your angry woman, I guess would be the best way to put it. Like, she is very no-nonsense, business first, you know, slash and burn as you go. Who cares about those bridges? We got to keep moving forward. I like that. That is a nice personality for your lead character to have. A little bit into it, her personality changes and she turns into the usual Final Fantasy person who cares about the friends more than anything else in the world. Eh, not a big fan of that. However, she works well within the little ecosystem of the group. Because next we got Snow. And everything in my brain screams at me that I don't like Snow. But I kind of like Snow. He's kind of the very... He actually reminds me a lot of Zell. He's very happy-go-lucky. And of course, he's the guy that just punches things to death. But he's kind of got this weird hero complex. So mix Zell in with, say, Hercule from Dragon Ball Z. That's kind of Snow. The nice thing is he learns not to be that way because there are repercussions from being that way. And that's kind of surprising that they would change somebody that much. I mean, it's not very often in Final Fantasy that people change that much halfway through the adventure. Normally, that's like right before the end boss where they get the revelation. Next, we have Zaz. Zaz is by far the best character in this game. Not so much in the gameplay department, but in the character department. This is Final Fantasy's first kind of everyday Joe. You know, he sees things exploding and giant summons coming from the sky and all that, and he's just like, what the heck is that crap? You know, he's just kind of your everyman. He has a deeper investment in the story than some of the other characters do. So he is a major part of that. But for the most part, I liked having Zaz around just for his personality. Who I don't like having around for their personality is Vanille. And Vanille is your magical teenage girl. And that's about it. Again, everybody has a major stake in this story. And she actually kicks off a lot of the events that happen here. But there's something about her that's just annoying. Now, one thing I would like to say on, on Vanille specifically is her voice is weird. And I'm not talking about her Australian accent because I love an Aussie accent. It's great. And I'm glad that there's two people in here that have Aussie accents. Because that makes, you know, for me, that makes it feel more exotic. That's cool. But 
there's some kind of like processing on her voice sometimes that makes her sound very weird. And it's not weird in the kind of cool, like, you know, something like auto-tuned will sound. But it just sounds off. And having her do this narration through cutscenes was kind of annoying. So, let's talk about the other Aussie. The other Aussie is Fang. And she's kind of a lot like Lightning, actually. A little more, this is the job, let's get it done. But without the slash and burn behind it, if you know what I mean. Fang doesn't have a lot of stake in the story, and that makes sense because you get her later, but she's still a pretty good character. The last one is Hope, and that's an incredibly dumb name along there with Snow and Fang and Lightning. Everybody pretty much has dumb names except Fang. Not Fang, Zaz. There we go, because that's like actually sounds like a name. Everybody else pretty much has dumb names, but Hope. This is very monumentous for Final Fantasy because they finally got Shinji Ikari to uh, star in one of their Final Fantasy games. And if you don't know, he is like the little kid with tons of undirectional rage, kind of being impotent, but still angry. Very much that Neon Genesis kind of protagonist feel to him. Gets on your nerves quite a bit at first. Give him a good 10-15 hours and he actually turns out to not be such a bad character. But man, does he step forward with the worst foot in the world. Okay, so we've got the battle system down. We have the characters down. All together, I would say the characters, this is definitely one of the strongest groups of characters. Um, this is stronger than 12. This is stronger than 9. This is, yeah, this is even stronger than eight. Like, this is one of the most cohesive, interesting groups of people. Especially because towards the beginning of the game, they all hate each other. Like, due to the story, being them all being slapped with the Lassie brand, they're just kind of shunk together. And a lot of them don't like the rest of them. And that's a very interesting dynamic to have going on when your party doesn't necessarily like being together. And that's not really something Final Fantasy has explored very much, and it was very interesting to see. Another thing that is incredibly interesting to see is all the areas in this game. Now, linearity has its problems for people. Not necessarily for me, but it does have its problems for people. I don't mind linearity at all when it comes to areas being this interesting visually. Some of these areas, like still waters are absolutely phenomenal. Like, this game, in almost every regard, screams next-gen. Now, I realize I'm getting old, and PS3 is still next-gen for me. I don't know what PS4 would be next next-gen, maybe? But this game looks fantastic. And it really helped dampen some of the sting that comes from linearity when everything is this well-designed. Now, there are some areas that are the most boring military complex hallways you'll walk through. But you will get to some areas like Stillwater where you just want to stop and look around. Everything it looks. Stillwater, in case you didn't know what it is, think of a sea that is, you know, in turmoil. You know, waves going everywhere and all this. And then suddenly flash frozen. And you're walking on these partly cresting waves. And it just looks phenomenal. Another thing that looks phenomenal is summons. They are not very useful in this. But, I'm sorry, <clears throat> not summons. Eidolons, but they all were designed, sorry, redesigned very well. They have this weird thing where they all also have to be vehicles, Ugh. where they all also have to be vehicles, which is weird to see, you know, the two Shiva chicks, you know, just kind of intertwine and become a motorcycle. I mean, it's not so weird like Bahamut becomes a jet. 
but Brynhildr becoming a car, yeah, that's a little weird. But I think that weirdness really works for them because there's supposed to be these kind of weird otherworldly things. And it's a s kind of a shame that they're not useful, but they are very cool. What is not very cool is the way you get your Eidolons. Did I just say Eidolon? I meant Eidolon. Anyway, so every once in a while at stressful story moments, and you have to pay attention to these because they are a bit of a key on how to defeat the Eidolon fights, they're kind of puzzle bosses, but not puzzle bosses like Final Fantasy is used to. All right, so you remember that chain gauge we were talking about? Eidolons have a very specific chain gauge, and you need to perform certain actions to get them up there, and once their chain gauge is full, you can hit square. Now, it's not the chain gauge, because sometimes, in order to fill up their gauge, you need to fill up the chain gauge, but every one of them is a puzzle, but it's a puzzle that relates to the character that's facing them, because everybody has their own specific Eidolon. So, like, for Hope, it will involve protecting people or curing people. For Vanille, it involves, you know, a lot of it involves debuffing people. With Lightning, it just, you know, protecting people, kind of like being a guardian, so taking hits and things like that. It's character-specific, and if you, you know, just take a quick note of what that character is like, you can generally figure it out, and luckily now, if you can't figure it out, we have the internet, so it's not a huge deal. That being said, Hecatonshire can just rot in hell. Because at that point, Vanille was not being used very much. Because I had, you know, uh, Fang as my main saboteur. And them forcing you to use characters you haven't been using for a while. Ugh, that is not cool. Like, they still get CP, so you can still level them up. But, I don't know. I You know, now that I say that, I don't know what my problem with it is. Maybe it's just that I hated that boss. Or, or Eidolon. So yeah, you know what, just just forget that I said it was bad, because, yeah, everybody gets CP no matter who you're using, so it doesn't really matter that they force you to use certain characters, it's just that one fight I didn't like. While we're talking about it, and my stomach's growling, I don't know if you can hear that, this game is the hardest Final Fantasy game to go through the story, right? So a lot of people have trouble with how linear this is for how long it is, and I think I've said that before, but... But the nice thing is, is that works for a very long, very comprehensive tutorial that they put you through. Because every chapter, there's 13 chapters, of course, because 13 days. But every chapter they put you through, there's kind of a, this is what we're trying to teach you with this chapter. And if you pick up on all the things it's trying to teach you with certain enemy configurations or, you know, certain types of damage that comes your way or even the bosses themselves, it does act as a very long-form tutorial that I think does a very good job because once you hit Grand Pulse, all of that stuff is off. Like, they are like, okay, we are no longer teaching, we are now testing you. And it doesn't joke around when it comes to testing you. This battle system challenges you as much as it is complicated. Now, granted, it's not very complicated. You can come to grips with it within three, four hours. But it expects you to have a very, very, very firm grasp on your paradigm shifting, how you set up paradigms, all this stuff it will test you on, especially when it comes to bosses. So, yeah, you know what? I'd have to say this is the hardest. Now, this is not to say, wow, Final Fantasy XIII to the hardest RPG I've ever played. You know, it, it's just, oh, okay, Final Fantasy isn't exactly known for 
difficulty. And this isn't, you know, the craziest difficulty, but it's there. I failed fights quite a lot in this game. Like, I have never seen so many game over screens as I have in this one game. And yes, that can get frustrating, but if you stop and you take a moment and you think about your paradigm setup and when you're switching or, you know, how long do you stay switched for, because... There may be some fights where you'll have to switch back to a healing paradigm and it might be bad idea to stay in that healing paradigm until you're completely healed because A, you might miss the target time and B, you know, maybe you're supposed to be hitting this boss so his attack that he's charging doesn't do as much damage. So you got to, you know, hop back into a healing paradigm for like one round and then blam, you go right back into your, say, Ravager, Ravager commando. And in case I didn't explain it, I don't think I did. There are, there's no MP, there's no action points, there's none of that nonsense in this, it's just your ATB. Your ATB is chunked off into certain segments. You can use abilities that take varying amounts of ATB charge. And so it's not so much, you know, resource management in this, it's more planning out your moves. Yes, the best thing to hit them with may be Blizzara, but that'll take three ATB charges, so you won't be doing it as much. So maybe it would be better to just hit them with three Blizzard spells. You know what I mean? Now, in case this is all a little overwhelming, which I could understand, there is Auto Battle. And Auto Battle, like I believe I said on the 12 episode, is kind of like Gambits, but it's AI-determined Gambits. Things will change based on the situation. The AI will tweak it. Now, it's actually kind of nice to use Auto Battle a decent chunk of the time because the AI will also change the actions based on the situation you're in that very second. So let's say you attack one mob, but then the other mob moves closer to that mob. If you hit auto battle, it will change that from a single attack to a area of effect attack so you can hit both. So auto battle is very helpful. You can't rely on it to do everything for you. There are some times where you'll want to override the auto battle, but for the most part, that's a, if you pay attention to what the auto battle is doing, that's a very good indication of how you should play this game, but it's not the easy I win button, if you know what I mean. In terms of systems like auto battle, I would like to touch on the upgrade system. So depending on if you hit target times or chests you find in the world and all this stuff, there are two separate categories for items you'll get. They're either, I, they're either organic or they're mechanical. Now, this is very important when it comes to upgrading your weapons, because you won't find a lot of weapons in this, like everybody has maybe four or five. You have to upgrade your equipment, and simply put, organic equipment, or, oh jeez, simply put, organic items raise the XP multiplier on an item, but they don't give a lot of XP. Mechanical items give a lot of XP, but they drain the XP multiplier on an item. So you have to kind of play this back and forth of, okay, you use enough to where you get a times three multiplier on the XP for a weapon, and then you use some mechanical parts until it drains back down, and then you go to plus three again. And this is all menu-driven. It's not something like you have to pay attention to while you're fighting or anything. But I don't like this system because the upgrade system is based on what resources you have. And Gil is very much a resource in this. More, This is more Gil-starved than any Final Fantasy game so far. Because you can't go farm for items because people don't drop Gil. Humans will drop things you can sell for Gil. 
but you're not killing humans for a very large chunk of this game. So for most of the game, you will be very gill-starved. This isn't something where you can just farm for a bit and then go buy your you know, 99 potions, your 99 phoenix downs. You can't really do that. You actually have to be careful with how you spend gill. If you're on a losing streak, let's say you're having trouble hitting target times because you just hit a new chapter or something like that, there's not a lot of options for you to better yourself rather than just struggling through the battles at hand, if you know what I mean. It's kind of a poor get poorer situation. If you're not good enough to be hitting those target times, which to be fair, you should since the target times are based on your equipment and your stats, There, you can't go upgrade a weapon to help you reach those times because you're not defeating things fast enough to get a lot of good drops, which means you don't have a lot of gill coming in. It's a very, very delicate balance this game has. So if you're not hitting target times, your best course of action is actually to just stand there and farm and learn how the enemies work until you can hit the target times. Not a huge fan of that, but it's not bad per se. It's actually a very nice, well-oiled machine when it's working good. So a lot of times in this game, if you're hitting a wall, the problem is you, not the game. And that can be tough to actually realize sometimes. And there were a lot of times where even I was starting to get angry. And it's like, why, why can't I do this? What am I doing wrong? This game must be something. Something's unbalanced with this game. But it's really not. It's, it's really just you. It's because we all get into these trenches. Especially when it comes to RPG of these are the actions I'll take. This is the order I'll take them in. And when something comes along to try to shake that up, uh, we just kind of buck at it really hard. That's a personal failing that I should work on. But yeah, for this game, it's not the game's fault. It's generally yours, you know? And I know that's a terrible defense for, you know, if something is bad, well, it's not the product, it's you. There are, every system in this game works well. Okay, something that doesn't work well and something that I will hate in any game that does this, and this will take me all the way back to Final Fantasy 1, I, I think, was the last time I had to deal with this. Instant death attacks are always a bad idea. Especially when all you have to do is get a bad number on that roulette and all the progress you've made is gone now because it hit your lead character. I don't know other than if they wanted to keep the instant death abilities in, there's not really a fix for it other than give you like 10 seconds or something for your party members to raise your main character so as soon as you get hit with it, it's not gotta retry. Because one of my biggest problems with this game is the end boss. The fact that it can throw out an instant death attack at any given time. Well, not any given time. There's only certain phases. But at any given time during these phases, and if you're just unlucky enough to have it hit on your main character, you're toast. You gotta retry. I don't like the roulette style of boss like that. Because if you are extremely unlucky, and we're not talking like optional things like the pink tail or something like that, where if you're just unlucky, well, you gotta farm more. But this is something that only two or three pieces of equipment will help you. And even then, it's not a guarantee. It's not like you're immune to it. It's just you have less of a chance of being killed by it. And that's bad because, A, all that does, gameplay mechanics-wise, is make you change your equipment, which that's not worth it. And number two, yeah, the fact that all the I fought the end boss for maybe four or five times, and I got slapped. Uh, my... my main party was Fang, Zaz, and Hope. And they were all up to Crystarium level 8, I believe. I could be wrong. Could be 9 or... It's not 7, no. It was 8. Pretty sure. 
So they were all fairly progressed in each of the jobs that they had, but the fact that I just got unlucky and got nailed with the instant death deck, even though I was wearing, I think it's the cherub's crown, and you get nailed and it's game over, gotta start again, that's bad, man. And that, if that, there's one thing that could sink this game in my eyes, it is that. If you do happen to get the Cherub's Crown and you farm the stuff you need to upgrade it into the, I think it's the Seraph's Crown, even then that only gives you, what, 60%? Now granted, you could double up on it and have it be 100%. No, actually, because I think the way this works is it's 60% off of 100, so you have a 40% chance to be hit, and then it's 60% of that 40%. They don't, percentages don't stack like that. There's diminishing returns on them. So number one, it would not be a very good idea to do that. Number two is there's still a percentage that could hit. Granted, that is a really low percentage, but the fact that it can still happen really, really tweaks me. Okay, off of the bat. And since we've been going for a little while here, I'm going to start to close this up by saying Final Fantasy 13 is a good Final Fantasy game. There really is no downside to this game other than those few things I mentioned, but that's not enough to sink a game. This is a game that took the Final Fantasy format and innovated it to hell and back because this is an RPG that has all of the fat trimmed out of it. No more towns, no more weapon shops, no more none of this. Everything is streamlined. And it becomes its own thing by doing that. But a lot of people hated it because the linearity, I guess, is a dirty word to say in an RPG, even though I think it works great here. I think it works great in 10. Number two, the battle system is fast and it's very quick paced and it's done. So it's not even, you know, oh, the random battles, they're so annoying. They're not random battles anymore. They're, they're on the map. You can actually avoid them. It's not something like Mystic Quest where, you know, quotations, you can avoid them or Chrono Trigger. This, you can actually avoid most fights. Some of them are going to be tricky to get around. And they even give you items that facilitate avoiding fights. So I don't get why everybody points to 13 and says that's a bad game. Because from where I'm sitting now, this is one of the better Final Fantasy games. The fact that they were, and that's one of the greatest things about Final Fantasy, right? More than any other company, they are willing to shake things up and take risks with their games. Sometimes. And this was a very big risk to take. I mean, they took a Final Fantasy format, take it like 12. They very could have easily made 12, 13 like 12. And it would have been another good Final Fantasy game. Instead, they shake everything up. They, they change it and they kind of get damned for it. And for a series that's been going this long to still have that urge to shake things up and make a newer experience, I think that is laudable in every sense. So no, I don't think Final Fantasy 13 is a bad game. I think it has problems, but the problems it has are, are not that bad to where you should shun this thing and call it the worst one ever made. Worst one ever made is still Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. We have two sequels to this game. And if I remember correctly, they even shake things up in the sequel to a game that shook things up. So we'll have to see how that goes. I don't remember much of Final Fantasy 13 too. I remember there's some weird like timer Pikmin thing going on and I'm not really a big fan of that, but we'll have to see how it goes. Until next time, remember to uh, applaud innovation. It's, it's a good thing. And you know, even if you, even if you take that argument that this isn't really innovation, it's more refinement. I'm okay with that too, because it's better than going stale. So, all right. 
We will catch you next time on Final Fantasy 13 2.